2: Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I just want to let you know a couple of things, ladies and gentlemen. It's important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That's because your brand is different. The challenges you're facing in life is different. So I bring people on the show to talk about their journeys, their, their missteps, their success stories, because in the process of creating success stories, there are missteps and you need to understand that there are some valleys. As well as there's some peaks in your journey to success. My next guest is a Houstonian. I'm from Houston, so I'm always happy to bring on a fellow Houstonite onto the show. It's Chris Gaston. Chris Gaston finally founded Family First Sports Firm with his wife in 2019. The agency Family First focuses on empowerment, economic growth, and Black excellence. The agency represents DeAndre, DeAaron, De- DeAaron Fox of the, uh, that's just correct. I said it right.
3: Yeah,
2: De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox of the Sacramento Kings. Gaston has signed the largest contract in the Sacramento Kings franchise history, five years, $163 million, and then secured a $4 million deal for Damian Dotson, former U of H grad. That's why I went to school. And the toughest free agent market in NBA history, he's now with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He originally started out the New York Knicks. Gaston made his way in the industry through player development, working with many of the top players in the NBA, college, and high school. Please welcome to Money-Making Conversation a man who understands relationships, Mr. Mm. Chris
3: Gaston. Yes, sir, man. Well, man, pleasure to have me, man. Didn't know you was a Houston native, so it was always good <laughs> talking to a fellow Houston guy. You know, we're very proud. You know, we wear that, that H symbol on our, on our hearts, man, wherever we go. Well, you have to. You know, I- I'll also be
2: broadcasting on KTSU. So this show will be airing on mm-hmm. KTSU in the Houston market on uh, every Tuesday from 12 to 1. So I'll make sure this episode airs in the Houston market. So, you know, again, you have a brand that you develop. And I I, I started that out by saying relationships, because when you talk about working with NBA players or top college players in NBA, college and high school, talk mm-hmm. about your journey right quick, Chris, because everybody wants to be an agent, but you can be an agent. But if you don't have the relationships, then you don't right. have talent to sign to these big deals that we just talked about in your opening credits
3: man being an agent is all about relationships man and you know these relationships don't happen it's just like building trust you can't build trust overnight so these relationships are 10 15 20 years in the making mm-hmm. you know i'm not an overnight success right you know i started i mean i, I grinded from the bottom you know right. i started working out high school girls Mm-hmm. You know, then I was blessed enough that, you know, a guy that I called, you know, like my little brother, a guy by the name of Tommy Mason Griffin, mm-hmm. been known since he was in the second or third grade, mm-hmm. you know, I started working with him and he turned out to be a McDonald's All-American, you know, out of Madison High School, Plus. the same high school I went to, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of snowballed from there, man, to just working guys out, um, started an AAU program, thought I wanted to be a college coach, that didn't work <laughs> out, and it just, it kept growing and growing. I just kept grinding and grinding. This is, you know, this is years and years of relationship to get to this point. So, you know, everybody wants to be a Rich Paul or a Jeremy Bryant, and they can just wake up overnight and take a test, become an agent. No, it's not that simple, man. Well, it Rich Paul, had the, uh, he had the ultimate
2: relationship. That's uh, called LeBron James. And that's a yeah. him, Maverick. And uh, LeBron, that's a great story about uh, right. black men who started out in high school, who built a uh, sports empire, a media empire, and a uh, philanthropic empire. Uh, As we all know, LeBron was very influential in the uh, movement and civil rights uh, unrest that happened this summer, as well as the getting out to vote. And so how does that play into your agency? Because we talk about your agency, it focuses on empowerment, economic Mm -hmm. growth, and black excellence. Let's start with the empowerment part.
3: What well, empowerment is, first, I have to empower myself. Yes. Because <laughs> people that look like me, that walk and talk like me, that wear their hair, in you know, any type of style they want, mm-hmm. they don't get opportunities in this business. They're right. stereotyped. They're judged. It's just hard. Like, you know, majority of the men on the court, players on the court are African-American or minorities, but the majority of the business that happens off the court, people handle these guys' careers are white men. And right. it's just lopsided. And, you know, I've been hell-bent on changing that and giving... You know, all minorities and women a chance and empowerment in this business. So, um I'm not slanting to hire one person or another, but I, I, but I do. I am big on hiring minorities and people who normally wouldn't get a chance to work in this industry. That's very important to me.
2: I can I can relate to you. You know, I, I manage yep. Steve Harvey. My background, Steve Harvey, talents like Steve Harvey doesn't get associated with talents like me, which means right. that people of color. I currently manage Stephen A. Smith, a, a high profile. A person in the media, especially on the NBA Mm -hmm. side with ESPN and negotiated contracts. So it's all that part about negotiating, being in that doorway, being able to look at individuals that are represented by uh, majority firms. When I say majority firms like CAA. Uh, William Morris, uh, UTA, and uh, other other sports agencies that are, that get out there and get the athlete first. And then usually what happens, they have the ability to court them longer. It especially right. happens in the football industry. But also in the basketball industry, a little bit different because of the fact that there's a nurturing process. AAU pro- pro- programs, or uh, IMG kind of setting it up where they got people, they got, you go down there and participate in their camps. So, but you got in with Mr. Fox. Who's out of Houston, and yes, Damian Dotson, who went to University of Houston. So these are two people who are Houston based. Talk about how you established your relationship with uh Fox because they also were two talented twins out of uh, the Houston market that also went that the went to Kentucky, twins. and uh, and a lot was expected of those two young men. Uh, you know because they were they were much of ballyhooed. In fact, they were, they were even more ballyhooed than their.
3: De'Aaron was when he came out. De'Aaron when they oh played. yeah, these guys they had all the hype around them. But I can't speak. I don't know specifically what happened with those guys. I mean, they were great players. It's just, mm-hmm. I mean, the NBA is hard. It just didn't pan out for those guys. But as far as my relationship with with Damian Dyson he's actually family. um He's my wife's cousin. So I met him when I first started dating my wife when I mean, Damien was back in sixth, sixth or seventh grade. Right. <laughs> so he was, just, Yeah, he was just with me everywhere. He wasn't a big-time prospect or, like mm-hmm. you said, a who recruit. He was a guy we just put our head down and went to work every day. We grinded. I mean, we went, he went through some trials and tribulations at Oregon,
2: mm-hmm. get the
3: transfer to the University of Houston. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my relationship with Darren Fox started when he was in the eighth grade. I had my own AAU program, and one of my friends that was going to be his coach at the high school, said "Uh, you should have come let this kid play for a tournament on your 17 and under program. I'm like, I'm not letting no eighth grade kid come play with these juniors and seniors. They're like, no, nah, you should let him come play. It's going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I let him come play one tournament, and that was all she wrote. You know, <laughs> we've been attached attacked, attacked at the hip ever since.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And – I say that's the difference between me and Rich Paul. A lot of people try to compare us. Rich Paul per se was these guys' peers and kind of grew up with them and hung out with those guys. Mm-hmm. You no, know, me and Darren, we weren't peers. I was a I was a man. He was a child. You know, mm-hmm. I was more of a mentor, a big brother. Mm-hmm. And now obviously that he's older, we grew into a, a different type of relationship. But I wasn't some guy hanging out at the club with him and calling and texting him. Like, no, I was a professional businessman. Like this wasn't like, you know, some homeboy hookup type stuff. Like. I but it, it's, but it's, all right trust, business, it's all about trust, though.
2: It's all about trust because you started earlier. You know, when I when I started reading your resume, Chris, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, coaching, uh, a lot of discipline in your life, a lot of development, a lot of motivation comes yes, out sir. of your resume, you know, when I look at it. And let's talk mm-hmm. about, let's walk through these steps because I'm not trying to uh, bash anybody on this show when I talk about the Harrison twins. because, mm-hmm. But that's how this business is. You You, you can come out much ballyhooed. They went to Kentucky, had an incredible career. But then flaws in their game started to pop up. You know, right. could it, could it handle the rock? Who, what position is he going to play? Does he right. play good deep? But when I looked at Fox's game, I remember when he played against uh, Ball, who was much hooed out of UCLA. And there was mm-hmm. much talk after he clowned him. I mean, he clowned Ball, you know, in, in the tournament. That, okay, is Ball – Fox should go, as we see now, Fox should have went number two and right. not ball, who's been a very competent player. But again, hype can. How do you slice through the hype? Because I remember emotionally, I was really charmed by by uh, De'Aaron when he was crying on TV after that loss. After you know, loss. I was really having Well, like, man, I- with
3: hype, we, we try to block out the noise, man, mm-hmm. because there's going to be so many people in your ears, so many people telling you how good you are. Right. We always want more, man. De'Aaron's dad and his mom, they did a great job of keeping him oh, humble. absolutely. Man. I remember after his, in his freshman year in high school, De'Aaron had a 52-point game, 52 right. points. Mm-hmm. And all his dad was fussing about after the game was, uh, you missed these rebounds, you missed these loose balls, <laughs> you missed these free throws. Let's go to the gym tonight and shoot free throws. Right. So it's about keeping, keeping, you know, and it's hard to stay humble when you're getting all these press clippings, all these rankings and stuff. So that's why you're – your supporting circle, your people around you, your family, they are very crucial to a player's development. You got to keep these guys humble, you know. To your point, the Harrison twins had a lot of hype, and um, I mean, it just didn't work out. I mean, the NBA is a hard business. Like you said, they got nitpicked when they got to Kentucky. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of question marks about their game, Mm -hmm. and it just didn't work out. But, you know, you have have to to stay humble. You have to block out the noise. You cannot get caught up in the hype. I've seen the number one pick, Anthony Bennett, in 2013, it's out of the NBA now. So I tell people, don't get caught up in the rankings or what pick you go. The job is to get in the league and stay in the league. You know, well, you know, some, and, some and, people and, they get and, too and, caught up in the rankings and who's what, but we don't get caught up in that. We don't. Well, but
2: that. the the thing about it, so so with that being said, because that's 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 De'Aaron. Okay, here's a guy, bunch belly hoop, and then you go to mm-hmm. Damian Dotson. You yeah. know, when he left U of H, you know, uh, and he made the New York Knicks team. I was doing mm-hmm. tough defense and he has a good outside shot. Good three yep. point. So he had talk about that process because that was a different motivation process because Fox was a lottery pick. So there was a certain amount yep. of guarantees. You know, he wasn't gonna get cut his first year. Right. We knew that. Right. But Damien yeah. went in, talk about that process and getting him on the New York Knicks, and now he's over at Cleveland now. But I was so proud because he was he's a really talented NBA player.
3: Right. Well, with Damien, you know, we have a motto, man. All we know is work. You know, dream big, work hard, let God right. do the rest. And right. so that was kind of our motto. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna put, we're gonna work as hard as we can, and wherever the chills may fall, we're gonna, we're gonna be happy with that. Right. So his process was very different. Coming out of the University of Houston, there were no guarantees. Mm-hmm. We packed our bags, we went to LA, we started training. Mm-hmm. He had to go to the uh camp called the Portsmouth Invitational, the PIT, which is for the top seniors in the country. Absolutely. And he went there. He balled out. He mm-hmm. won MVP of the tournament, and mm-hmm. from there he got invited to the Chicago Combine, which mm-hmm. is for the top sixty uh, prospects in the NBA draft. He played well there, mm-hmm. um, and he we had several NBA workouts lined up for him. He played. He did. What, I mean, each step he knocked it out the park. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was a grind. It's grueling. It's mentally taxing. But he's built for this, man. And you know that's the reason why he's sticking in the NBA today because he just has that fortitude to to fight through adversity.
2: Let's, let's talk about that. The sticking in the NBA. These guys are giving a lot of money mm-hmm. to, to how do you, you know, and I'm, I'm a guy, you know, I'm a financier. You know, I, I my name, my show Money Making Conversations. And so <laughs> I always believe that some of these young men should just be, they could be able to, the money they make their first year should be putting in a fund where they can just be, deliver, live a lifestyle of comfort. For the, rest of their, right. for the rest of their life. Really, it can't be done that way. How right. do you deal with these situations from a financial standpoint? You're the agent. Now, there are different lanes out there. I would just let everybody know. An agent yep. lane, there's a financial lane, there's a branding person, there's a talent agent. There's a lot of different lanes. What all does your firm encompass?
3: Well, my firm, we come, we handle marketing endorsements, actually contract negotiations, Uh we do have several different business managers and financial advisors we work with. We don't pick the person for them. We let those guys interview those guys mm-hmm. and pick them. But we do have a few guys that we trust. And, um, you know, those guys are on the budget. And at the end of the day, what people say, they point fingers, you're the reason is why God, at the end of the day, it's all on the player. You can yes. advise them to do, don't do X. The financial advisor can tell them that this is your budget, but at the end of the day, it's their money and they're going to do what they want to do with their money, So it's up to them to take the advice from the financial advisor, from the business manager, and stay within their budget, stay within reason. Because like these guys are making a lot of money. They can live a comfortable lifestyle and not go crazy. Let me ask you this. The way a lot of guys go broke, honestly, is not by buying. You really can't. If you're making $30 million a year, you're not going to go broke buying a couple of Bentleys and Ferraris. The way people go broke, honestly, is loaning out money. That adds up going to the club um, in investments. You know, everybody's coming to with these million dollar ideas and it sound good, but that's the way a lot of players that win broke is investing their money in in the wrong things.
2: Yeah, investing their money in in car washes, investing their money in nightclubs, investing their money in movie ideas. I know that I've been in the business a long time. I've seen this money flow out. Everybody wants to be a rapper. Everybody wants a sound studio. Everybody hears that that final product, you know, say, hey, man, this person here is going to be the next, you know next, next. But that doesn't mean right. that's a reality. And so when right. I look at talent like yours, that you are, that's where the father figure comes in. That's where the maturity comes in. Like you said, you are a man and you're a man who's a, who's benefited from watching people make these mistakes and also player development. Let's talk through right. these, let's walk through these player development steps that you talk about and these camps
3: you put in place. Right. So. My bread and butter when I got in the business was player development, you know, aka working guys out, training. And I never just call it training; I call it player development because we were doing more than just working out. We were building relationship. We're talking about life. We're talking about girls, God, school. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say player development instead of training. Mm-hmm. Training is a word I feel they use to put you in a box where, like, this is all you can do. Right. But um, player development, that was my bread and butter, man. I studied it. I learned it from, you know, one of my mentors is a guy by the name of Amsar el He's a li- – not many people know him. <laughs> Matter of fact, he's a, he's a head coach at a, a small NIA school in Florida. But he's one of my mentors. He's kind of like a who's whisperer. He's kind of a training guru, man. I learned mm-hmm. a lot from him. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where I cut my teeth at, just on the floor working guys out and – I didn't take it for granted, you know. Each player that I had in the gym, whether you were a high school kid or an NBA player, you know, I would go home, study your game, watch film, and break it up. And I'd be up all night and study and trying to see how can I make this player, how can I elevate his game, what can I do? Yeah, it's really so that's, interesting. That's why I really cut my teeth, is on, you know, because I want to talk about that because you know, I'm...
1: it's finally here—the season of celebration—and no matter how you celebrate with family and friends.
0: O T T E R
2: dot A I. I'm just gonna tell you, Chris. I thought I was a hoopster. I thought I had game. You know, I I was so arrogant. I didn't I didn't uh, I was all park, as they say, because I never played high school ball. But I was all park. You know, fun day. It was all YMCA, huh? Oh, come on, though. Funday, You know, I go down to McGregor Park. I had all the the, the best black parks back in the day. I was there. I walked yep. on the court. You know, I was first pick. First pick on the sideline, Rashad. Come on, <laughs> I want you. I want you. But then I was stupid too because I didn't understand the fundamentals of the game. I didn't right. understand the and that's that's what we're talking about right now because I one thing I've learned when you play street balls, yes, there are players out there that were probably better than the Keem Elijah ones. There are players out there that probably I'll jump Dominique Wilkins.
3: Right, they're probably physically better than LeBron James. I don't or know about that. You might be going too far with it, man. But I get your point. What you no, saying? No, 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 no! Come on now. That's some it's, really talented guys on the on the on the. On the, on the it's um, just gonna be real, Chris. On the streets. Come on, we really gonna be real, Chris. Guys. It, I'm talking about street
2: ball. I'm talking about the yeah. hitting these parks. It's some guys out there, man, that can yeah. leap. It's some guys out there can do like they, like they had that contest that was on TNT. All these guys who could dunk. Oh, they can dunk a ball. They can do three sixties. They can flip the ball over the back, but they can't play the game. And that's what I'm getting at with me. I was talented, but I couldn't play the game. I didn't understand that player development part of that you were talking about working with the team. That's why I say I. That's what I'm saying is that you understood it, and that's what you're doing. That that like you said, that basketball whisperer being able to right. articulate. What make what, what the next step for different players? How do you get in their head, and how do we eventually listen to you? They do they learn from the little notes that you give them? This oh, that makes sense because that's a whole it's that's just, a huge trust. It's just a
3: the little nuances, man. Some mm-hmm. some guys, I never raise my voice. I never yell. Right. I rarely cur- curse. You mm-hmm. know, some guys like to scream and yell and get over here. You know me, I just talk to them. I, right. just, I literally mm-hmm. talk to him and, right. you know, break mm-hmm. stuff down. Hey, did you see the way Giannis did a one-two into his pull-up? We right. want to do the same thing. You know, he'll I say a little phrase like, you know, heel-toe, explode into your jump shot. Mm-hmm. Or, and, you know, elementary things, hand in the cookie jar when you yeah. shoot. <laughs> make sure when you're crossing over, get your shoulder to the defender's hips. Just little key points mm-hmm. that when they start playing, they can hear they, my voice in their head. Oh, I'm about right. to go by this guy. Let me make sure I get low, protect the ball. It's just little small nuances. Right, It's nothing crazy and over the top. It's just being a hat. And the main thing for these guys to trust you is you got to have a relationship with them. They don't have a relationship with you. They're not going to trust you with their most precious thing, which is the basketball, which is with their game. Okay, cool. I think that's a lot of people miss out on the relationship part. Okay, cool. Those are the best coaches. They have a relationship with their players. Right. Players are run through a brick wall for them. Right. You know.
2: Now we talked about empowerment. Sorry. Let's go to economic growth. Let's talk about that from your firm. I'm talking to Chris Gaston. He has an amazing company out of Houston, Texas. that was founded in 2019 with his wife called Family First Sports Firm. Talk, we talked about empowerment at your firm. Let's talk about economic growth.
3: Yeah I didn't hear the last part you cut off.
2: I I apologize. As we were talking about your firm, you know that you founded in 2019 called Family yes, First Sports Firm. We talked about empowerment. Let's talk about the economic growth
3: that you do with your players. Right. Well, one thing we want to do is we want to put the dollar back in the uh, black community, mm-hmm. you know. Um we we want to invest in small businesses. We want to support um young entrepreneurs. We want to get like I said, we want to we're a voice for the unheard. We want to speak for the unheard, man. Right. And it's not saying we're not going to deal with big companies and stuff. I mean, we got to deal with Nike. We got we do deals with Red Bull. So that's not to say we're not dumb. We're not stupid. Right. When we say economic growth, we want to put the dollar black back in the black community. You know, right. we want these players to help their family out, but do it in a way that's going to create growth, not just say, "Man, mama, here go hundred thousand dollars." Right. Like, no, mama. <laughs> We're going to create a company or an S-Corp or an LLC. You're going to be, you know, create a foundation and grow it. You know, not just, here goes some money. Like, no, take this money and multiply it. You know, make it times 10, you know, 10X and grow it into something else. So that's what we mean when we say economic growth. Just teaching these players financial literacy and, you know, financial growth. And that's what so many, not just in basketball,
2: but in all sports, the financial literacy part fail so many because they don't have mentors. Because I consider you a mentor, too, to these young men, because as as well as an agent representative. So Black excellence, you know, I I hear Black excellence throughout your voice. I hear the ability to give back to the Black community. That's all part of the empowerment. Now, we went through a a very amazing season that happened this year because of COVID-19 and civil unrest. We saw Mm -hmm. the actual NBA walk off the court. Basis, right. based on the, the incident that happened in Milwaukee. How did your players deal with that? And how did you deal with it, Chris?
3: Um, It was a very emotional time. Uh, as you know, Damian Dotson, he went to Yates High School, which is yes. the, he grew up in the same neighborhood, same high school as George Floyd. Mm-hmm. So that hit close to home. And, you know, Steven Jackson, you know, he's a good friend of mine. He's one of the people I started in the business, one of the first NBA players I started working out. Uh, you know that he was very close to George Floyd. I mean, they mm-hmm. called each other twins. So that I mean that hit home for us. That hit close to home.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, actually, one of the players that I knew from Yates High School, was George Floyd, was his cousin, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so that hit close to home. So we participated in the marches in Houston. Um, Fox, you know, we went up and flew up to Sacramento, participated in, in peaceful protests. And I say peaceful because you know we weren't the ones riding and looting. But that's mm-hmm. a story for another day. But mm-hmm. We particip- uh, participate in uh, peaceful protests in Sacramento, and um, we just got, encouraged our players to vote and speak out on any issues. Fox is mm-hmm. very vocal on um, his issues, and uh, even he even wore anti-racist on the back of his jersey in the bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, so all our players are very outspoken and you know very vocal about the movement um, that was that's going on.
2: Now, that's really important because of the fact that the, the you know social media plays a role in that. You know, because you have to be conscious of social media can be uh, a double-edged sword. You know, you can post the wrong thing and then all of a sudden people criticizing for you post the right thing and then increase the engagement that you want. What, right. what 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 message are you trying to allow your players to, to put out there? Like say, you, you talked about community involvement. You talk about black excellence. You talk about economic growth. We talk about empowerment. But mm. what is your company? You know, because you say family first. What does that mean when you say family first?
3: Family first is exactly what it means. Your family is first. And just like a real family, you're not gonna always disagree. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not, I mean, excuse me, you're not gonna always agree. You're right. not always gonna be on the same page, but at the end of the day, you know it's all love. You know, we all in it together for the coming, for the coming good. So that's exactly what it means. And family first means, you know, empowering your people. Mm-hmm. It's okay to grow with the people that got you to where you are. You know, in most agencies, most companies I see guys make it to a certain status. And then the agency takes it from there, like, "Okay, we got it from here now, you know, right. Uh, your, your youth coach, your AU coach, your mom and your daddy, you know they helped you get to this point, but now they're done, you know, we got it from here, right. Now, now obviously, the player is going to grow, and they're not going to be as dependent upon their family and um, things of that nature. but we still try to do things to make sure that the family is important. Like when Darren signed his uh, max contract, you know, we had a big it's a picture on Instagram. We had a big family celebration right. <laughs> in in Houston, you know, all black attire. Mm-hmm. There's probably over 30 people there. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, you know, we celebrated together as a family, not me and Darren in a private room by ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. popping a bottle. No, we celebrated with everybody that was important in his life. You know, we celebrated that together. That was an accomplishment for everybody because it takes a village.
2: Well, it takes a village, but it also lives in a different city, Sacramento. And he's born and raised in uh, Houston, Texas. How does that allow him to be the person he wants to be? Because Sacramento is a much smaller environment as far Mm -hmm. as uh, population. It's not as, I want to say, uh, African-American friendly as the the city of Houston is. So how does he deal with that, Mr. Fox?
3: Um, He's a very smart dude. He's a very cultured dude. And like I say, his parents have done a great job of keeping him grounded Mm-hmm. His mom has a foundation, Fox Whole Family Foundation, that supports breast cancer awareness because she's a breast cancer survivor. I've read about that. Yes, I And do. the dad started the AU team, Team Fox, you know, mm-hmm. for seven and eighth graders. Mm-hmm. So that keeps him connected to the city of Houston. That keeps mm-hmm. him grounded. He comes back and supports the AU program, comes back to tournaments. He comes back to events that his mom's doing. So that keeps him very connected and tied to the city of Houston.
2: Now, your firm. You have two athletes we continue to have talked about. How do you recruit future athletes? Or I know, first of all, you can't reveal certain things on this show, but how do you go about recruiting the next Damian Dotson, the next De'Aaron Fox?
3: Right. Well, so I want to leave my other two guys out as well. I have two guys that are currently in the NBA, Fox and Dotson. I have one former NBA player who spent – uh, four years in the NBA, Eric Moreland, he actually won a ring with the Toronto Raptors. He's currently playing in China. Mm-hmm. And then I also represent Josh Nebo, who's a rookie, who he decided not to uh, try the NBA, or the G League, route. He's playing in Israel right now. Mm-hmm. So I have two guys playing international and two guys that are currently in the NBA. And high guard bar recruiting is all about relationships, man. I don't do a lot of time wasting. I don't just DM random guys like, hey, come, <laughs> hey what's what's your name? Right, right. I have a lot of relationships. Right. Uh built all over the country through Mm -hmm. AU coaches and Mm -hmm. high school coaches, college coaches. And I just reach out to my contacts. I kind of check the board and see who would be a good fit. Right. And then I, you know, reach out to the necessary people, you know.
2: Now I've heard about the the European, the China, the Israel. Let's talk about those because that's 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 a that's a it's some it's some players that play their entire la- their life. In fact, you know uh, Stefan Marbury went over to China and became the the biggest talent that he ever was in the U.S. So let's yep. talk about before we wrap up. I don't want to. Uh, You have the G League, of course, that's tied to the NBA. And the NBA is also saying they're allowing veterans to come into the NBA, the G League this year, something they weren't doing in the past. And so now let's talk about going overseas, the benefits of going overseas, and also it not being like a a death kill to your career.
3: Well, going overseas, you got to make a conscious choice. It's like, man, I'm I'm not. Chasing that NBA dream no more. If it happens, it happens. Mm -hmm. But now I want to make money and I'm trying to feed my family. Yes. So the G League is for guys that still chasing the NBA dream because you're getting paid minimal money, but it's Mm -hmm. like, man, I'm one step away from the NBA. I'm going to keep chasing it. Mm -hmm. I tell young guys that's kind of on the edge hey, give yourself a chance. Go to the G League for two or three years while you're still young 21, 22, 23. After two or three years, you got to do, you know, you got to make a business decision and go ahead and you know, try to build a financial future for you and your family. And so that's what Eric Moreland did. He, he played in the NBA for four or five years. He won a championship. And now he's making, you know, last year he made seven figures in China. And this year he's making high six figures. So he's, he's doing really well for himself.
2: Now That's really what it's all about. You know, in the end, it's about, uh, you know, you, let's, 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 let's move back the NBA name. It's a business. It's like, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I I have a job. You have a job. Okay. The NBA playing basketball, that's your skill. You know, some people are engineers. Some people are artists. Some people are teachers. Some people are doctors. They play basketball for a living. So China and Israel gives them an opportunity to do what they are skilled best to do, to play basketball, put the ball in the hole. So right. that's what we're talking about right now. It's, it's the business side, and don't get caught up into, man, if I don't make an NBA, man, I, uh, what am I going to do? Well, you can do a lot. You can go overseas and make a, a profitable living, especially. And then when you look at the WNBA, the women over there, they make more money in the European leagues than they make yep. in the WNBA
3: league. And so. And, and what did you say earlier? You said you played at the parks and funding. How much did you get paid to do that? I was all park free. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to tell these guys, y'all will be at home playing for free anyway. So don't, right. don't get it twisted like, right. this is a great living to wake up and play basketball every day. And that's why I'm saying the local yes. boys and girls club playing for free anyway because you love the game. That's why so I want let's not to... forget it. You're getting paid to do something that you love.
2: That's why I wanted to bring you on the show because of the fact that, you know, we we, we we know about the Rich Pauls out there and the other agencies out there. But I've been, first of all, you're in Houston. I wanted to shine light on you at being in Houston. And plus, you're mm-hmm. a real dude. I did my back on you, Rashad. they said let's go, Chris, he keeps it real. You know, he is who he is. And uh, and and he's he's been fortunate and blessed to be attached to very talented guys who's playing in the NBA. But like I said, I only brought up Damien's D De, you know Damien's name and De'Aaron's name because it was part of your bio that was sent over to me. Right. The most fascinating part of your relationship are the two players that are playing in China and playing in Israel because it goes back to the business side of the game, the business side of the industry. You know, Kobe Bryant's dad. Corey really was born in Italy. The reason he was born in Italy because his dad was playing in Italy. Man, and so overseas, yeah. this is not something short-term, going overseas. It's not a negative spirit. A lot of players are, are bypassing high school and playing in Australia, playing yep. overseas instead of saying, I'm going to a G League, or, I'm going to give up my one year in college, I'm going to go play with some grown men. Right. And that's what it's all about. So what's yep. the future of Family First Sports Firm, my friend?
3: Uh, everybody always asks me that. I'm like, be honest, wherever God leads me, man, um, I'm taking it day by day, client by client. Um, I have a lot of new exciting things that yes. I can't announce yet, but that are going to be, you know, coming pretty soon Some new groundbreaking things that I don't think no other agency has that is doing. So I'm always thinking outside of the box. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, how can I be different? You know, while the whole industry is going right, I want to make sure I'm going to left. Make sure I'm going to the opposite way. And, you know, every client, every player's not going to be for family first. This is for people who believe in their and who are confident and who are about empowerment. And, you know, you know, some people want the comfort of, man, I'm going to CAA or Rock Nation, you know, they got the big name. But there's some people that's like, man, you know, I want to be groundbreaking. Yes. I want to be different. Yes. I want to go on a roster where, you know, I'm just a name on the, on the wall. I'm one of 40 clients. Right. You know, I want to go somewhere. I'm going to get individualized attention and where I'm going to be an important key piece. Well, I like what you said, individualized attention.
2: Because that's what you get when you go to these big agencies. You don't get, I apologize. You don't get. You can be uh, a forgotten piece if you don't get the contract. They won't nurture your next step. And that's what uh, you do at your firm. And I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. Share your story. And I'm proud of you, man. And uh, anytime these little... You know these the the, these, the projects that you want to announce. Please come on, money made conversation. What I like okay. to do. This is what I like to do, Chris. And next time, let's bring your wife on the show too, because okay. she helped For sure, you file this first. Sure. And she so I love doing that power couple. Uh, uh, interviews, and so next time you come on the show, let's bring her on the show and talk about her contributions to why this company was founded in 2019. But more importantly, use me as a, a legitimate sounding board to put your brands out there, ideas you have out there. If you want your clients interviewed on my on the show, as you can see. I'm a major player in the platform world. I get the biggest talent. In the <laughs> I world. like that word, a major player. I'm a major player, man. You know, in the in, in, uh, in <laughs> like hot game.
3: When people start asking me, what are you, what are you doing? you am like, man, I'm a major player in the business. That's what I did. <laughs> there I you like go. That.
2: Come on, Chris. Well, Chris, we talk soon, brother. I appreciate okay, you, man. Okay, man. Really appreciate you, man. And I, I love your talent, man. That, that Fox kid, <laughs> man. I was sold on when he dropped those tears. And uh, Damien, when he made the Knicks, I said, brother, that's hard work and a lot of blessings, man. So hey, you we keep got winning. real
3: dudes, man. We got real people in our company. Real dudes, so man. So next time, so tell your wife,
2: you. you're coming on the show with you, okay? All right. All right. Stay strong, brother. Uh, okay, more, man.
3: Appreciate uh, you.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye. If you want okay. to hear more Money Making conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.